Welcome to Counterintelligence. This is Eric LeVay. Today's guest is forensic news investigative journalist Scott Stedman. Thank you to Patreons Dana Berry, Andre Dunka, William Healy, Angela Jackson, Zacharias Z. Skor Kaminsky, Sasha Millstone, Craig Pierce, and Greg Schneider. This is Eric LeVay, and this is Counterintelligence. Scott Stedman, welcome back to Counterintelligence. Good to be back again. Hey, Scott, we've had quite a week at Forensic News. Uh, we did drop a massive story on Wikistrat. So, uh, you know, first, before we get started, um, I just want to relay the title, which was, of course, Israeli private intelligence firm claimed recruitment of Khashoggi prior to murder. And I also want to really quick um, sort of credit everybody. Of course, it was written by you, uh, myself, as well as Alex Havelchik, Bobby Denault, Xavier Gonzalez Jr., Adrian Cobb, and Jess Coleman. Uh, it was a team effort. So, yeah, Scott, why don't you get started and just uh, tell us about Wikistrat and the story? Yeah, definitely. So this, just to uh, inform all the listeners, this was our first piece where everyone um, on the team contributed. So we had everyone kind of uh, taking a different chunk of the story and it ended up into kind of a big behemoth. Um, but I think we ended up with a good... Uh, result that flows well but it was a total team effort um and yeah it was about this company called wikistrat which is basically a uh it's basically a think tank uh global strategic analysis company wherein um they crowdsource analysts from all over the world um on certain issues relating to politics um, and they basically run these simulations for um, for their clients, which are mostly foreign governments. Um, they hire Wikistrat to run simulations on certain geopolitical moves, how, for example, you know, uh, terrorism might spread in the next few years in a certain region. Um, and Wikistrat will take their experts, basically, and game out what may or may not happen uh, with these certain geopolitical moves that are going on. Um, but in the, in the past few years, however, Wikistrat has kind of changed from this analysis company where they uh, bring all these subject matter experts together and produce a result for a client. Um, and they've kind of moved into the more shadowy intelligence collection uh, side of things. So they're a private company. Um, they're owned 90% by a man named Jules Zamel, who has popped up many times before um, for his various connections to the Trump world that we'll, we'll talk about later. Of course. Um, but yeah, but basically this company in the past few years has really shifted their, uh, their MO, um, and they have, uh, former intelligence officers on their board and then on their executive team. And they've really shifted from running these simulations and war games as they call them to gathering intelligence on certain clients in more, uh, secretive and covert ways that the public doesn't really see too much of. Um, That's yeah. exactly right. You know, and when you go on the first time when, when we started working on, the, on this and I, I think maybe the first thing I did was I, I went to their website and I, I know initially I had a reaction that I don't think this is central even to just Wikistrat. I've, this has happened. I've seen this before in just my professional life. I was reading through multiple times. I read through their webpage and their services and after a certain time, I, I still didn't understand. What, I mean, I, I do understand what, what they say they do. And we, we, know, what, we know about some of their, um, you know, quote unquote, legitimate projects. But mm -hmm. right away, there was this kind of question. And I, I've learned just from professionally, like when I've gone in for job interviews, 
and I don't understand what they're asking me to do, a lot of times it's not, I found almost all the time it's not me. It's often a red flag that there's something is, something is not right. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. When you look, look at uh, Zamel's companies in particular, um, I know for me, I looked into Wikistrat over a year ago when there were, you know, first stories came out about it. Um, and it's hard to get past, like you said, they do have like a very front facing and accessible side, um, where it looks like everything is legitimate. And to be clear, we're not claiming that they uh, committed any crimes or did any wrongdoing. Um, but there is a, a separate side of this that only, um, people on the inside and analysts that actually work for Wikistrat, um, see sometimes. Right. So they do have like this very public facing, um, uh, message of yes, we run strategic uh, simulations and war games, but also um, you know, like w- once we did, once we talked to the employees, um, there is this second part of it that's kind of more shadowy and under the radar. Yeah, and just a detail, so to take like the audience through sort of uh, sort of what they do, the front facing operation. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. just I'll just kind of uh, myself like. Client A, let's say, is interested in what would happen if, um, and again, I'm just, this is just something I'm just uh, making up for the purpose of this show. They're interested in what mm-hmm. would happen if, let's say, Kim Jong un was no longer the president of North Korea. Um, could you take us through maybe what would happen then after the client places the quote unquote, you know, request? Uh, yeah, so we looked at, uh, we actually got a huge amount of data um, from a couple sources within Wikistrat who mm-hmm. were eternally grateful for and we um we definitely commend their their courage in speaking out about this um so we we did look through a lot of these simulations and we actually might have a couple stories coming up later after this um about how how accurate some of these simulations are um or were but basically so once a client orders a simulation um from what we've seen uh wikistrat will assemble a few different teams um and these teams will play out um, different scenarios. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if Kim is no longer in place in North Korea, um, maybe Team A works on the scenario that there's a power vacuum and, um, you know, all sorts of people try to rush to power. Uh, maybe Team B is looking at uh, a successor. Maybe someone close to Kim takes the throne and, you know, implements policies A, B, and C. Right. Uh, the next team will look at another scenario. So basically, they just have these different scenarios that they play out. Um, and it com- kind of reads like a Reddit thread a little mm. bit. Um, if you look at their portal and the <laughs> simulations that they run, um, it's basically just a bunch of experts in the area that uh, contract with Wikistrat. They're, they're not Wikistrat employees. Um, they're just experts that they, uh, that they bring onto these different teams um, to provide their expertise. And um, usually they're pretty good. I have to give it to them. They're pretty good at uh, predi- predicting what, um, the possible outcomes could be for any any certain political uh, move that might be happening. Yeah, no, these people are experts, and uh, you mm-hmm. know. So, and then they deliver, of course, the report, and then that's that. Um, now, uh, <laughs> now, now that we've uh, kind of played that out, what did we discover, uh, for lack of a better phrase, about the I don't know the other side? Uh, what what mm-hmm. else yeah, in terms of our story? Could you get get into that, Scott? Um, yeah, so our story focuses mainly on this project that very senior Wikistrat executives um, were communicating with lower-level employees uh, 
about in the summer of 2018. And it was this very unspecified project about Saudi Arabia. Um, the senior registrar executive that sent these messages that we received uh, just described it as the KSA project, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia project. Um, we don't know who the client was. Um, and we don't know the true purpose of the project. And that's something that we heard from um, experts and employees of Wikistrat that were tasked to, to be on this project. They didn't really know what they were doing um, and what the end game was. This was definitely different than a normal simulation. Um, they didn't put any teams together. Um, they didn't game anything out. Um, but basically, the main correspondence that we got that this whole story circles around um, is a message from, like I said, a very senior Wikistrat executive uh, telling one of his managers that, hey, we want to recruit Saudi experts for this unspecified project. Um, we want, uh, and he gave this person a list of uh, Saudi Arabia experts that could be uh, helpful for this project. And nearly all of them were uh, very critical of uh, the current leader of Saudi Arabia, MBS. Mm -hmm. um, and this Wikistrat executive gave um, in this message to another Wikistrat employee as an example of someone that they had already recruited for this project, and that was Jamal Khashoggi. Mm -hmm. um, and just to keep in perspective this time frame, this was the summer of 2018 um, when this message was sent saying that, hey, Wikistrat had already recruited Khashoggi for this, mm -hmm. whatever this project was. Um, and, you know, 12 weeks later, he was dead um, inside the consulate in Turkey. Um, so we don't know what this secretive project was all about. Um, we do know that experts that were reached out um, to possibly help on this project, they never heard back from Wikistrat. Um, they basically signed up to, like any other simulation for Wikistrat, to provide expertise and um, what they thought was a normal project. Um, based on their subject area in Saudi. Um, but they, you know, they signed up and they never heard back. So yeah. this project apparently never got off the ground or it did some other, uh, you know, covert uh, ending that mm -hmm. we, we don't truly know about. But um, the one person that they named, like I said, they said that they had recruited Khashoggi for some, some reason. Um, and we, we don't know too much about the client in this case or um, why, in fact, Khashoggi was on the radar right before he was uh, killed by Saudi agents. Right. And to be clear, the, uh, you know, the, the actual um, front facing operation of Wikistrat, the idea of crowdsourcing simulations is a perfectly, uh, actually, when I finally sort of read, you know, when we read through some of them, I said, this is a perfectly acceptable and I could see how, you know, companies would want this. Uh, and it's, uh, I could even see how that could provide value. Um, the concern is, and what we focused on, is that it's also that the background of the people in charge of this company, as you said, Joel Zamel, uh, literally mm -hmm. in one of in his one of his other companies, Cygru, pitched a campaign to to influence. I don't even like that word, influence, to interfere in our election. Yeah. Uh, these are people whose backgrounds that combine with what we, the emails we had, are are disturbing. I mean, I'll just say it. Uh, and exactly, Scott, especially yeah. when it yeah, yeah when it comes to Khashoggi, something very important that we tried to stress in the article um, in as clear a way as possible is that the owner of Wikistrat, Joel Zamel, like we said, who um, 
as far as we can tell, is very involved in the company. He's not one of these hands-off owners who doesn't do anything um, and kind of sits back. He's very involved in um, recruiting clients and uh, other tasks. But he had uh, he has a prior relationship with a Saudi general named General Asiri, who is on trial right now for the murder of Khashoggi. And it's been reported in almost every major newspaper that this general, General Asiri, um, was the one who orchestrated the uh, the attempted kidnapping and the eventual murder of Khashoggi. So the owner of Wikistrat, Joel Zamel, he had, as far as we can tell, at least four meetings with General Asiri and people around him um, in the early part of 2017. Mm-hmm. And these were meetings all over the world. So the first couple were in New York with members of the Trump team, including Michael Flynn, um, so they had meetings about U.S.-Saudi relations, um, and later on, Zamel flew to Belgium to meet with the Saudis and also to Riyadh, the capital of Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Um, and in one of these meetings, they actually discussed assassinating uh, political dissidents to MBS. So anyone that basically was spreading an anti-MBS message, like Khashoggi, obviously, pointing out corruption and um, all sorts of wrongdoing on MBS's part. Um, he was firmly on the radar of, of the, uh, the government of Saudi. And so we have the owner of Wikistrat flying all, all over the world to meet with the Saudis who are eventually implicated in the death of Khashoggi. And then right in the middle of all that, we have Zamel's company, Wikistrat, um, recruiting, and that's not our word, that's their word, mm-hmm. recruiting Khashoggi for this very secretive project um, that uh, at least a few employees had really severe concerns about the true nature of the project and uh, and why Wikistrat was was reaching out to Khashoggi in the first place. Right. These are clearly uh, Joel Zamel and some of the, I guess, the people who are in charge of this company are clearly comfortable with, I mean, a normal person just, like if if I walk into some kind of business meeting and someone proposes assassinating somebody, I mean, Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I'd ever—I don't know how that would ever even happen, being a podcaster and a—but let's let's. Hopefully, you don't find yourself in that yeah, spot. <laughs> yeah, if that happened, that forensic news. But like you know, just playing this this uh, this scenario out. Like, obviously, my first call would be to the FBI, or uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the—that's what's so concerning about this. And I think this article, what I. What I and I think you probably agree. What we wanted people to get out of it is that the article—it's not a statement; it's a question. Uh, mm-hmm. What happened? What ha- what was this project, and what was the purpose? Given the the background that we at Forensic News provided, what what was this about? Uh, yeah, I mean that's the main question that we we kind of all concluded that needs to be answered. Right? Is that why was this project, um, or who who ordered the project? Who was the client here? We don't know. Um, why was um, you know, why was Khashoggi the one person that they singled out in this email? Mm-hmm. Um, why was he held up as an example as somebody that they recruited? And another thing we need to point out is that, and we, we write this in the article, the same Wikistrat executive that sent that message that said, hey, we've already recruited Jamal Khashoggi for this project. Um, days after Khashoggi was murdered, sent another message saying, no, we never recruited Khashoggi. Um, And this is a direct quote. Uh, The Wikistrat executive said he was on a list of people we wanted to bring in, but he wasn't a member of the community. 
so we have three months later this person um, who's now uh, pretty much leading Wikistrat, who we can't name yet, but I'm I'm assuming we will hear pretty soon. Mm. Um, he, he denies any involvement with Khashoggi after he was murdered. So that just raised a ton of alarm bells in the employees that we talked to um, because, you know, just a few months prior, he was saying, hey, uh, Khashoggi, here's an example of somebody that we recruited. Um, and then days after Khashoggi, Khashoggi was murdered and, uh, you know, the public learned about this gruesome murder, uh, internally, the same executive was saying, no, 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 we never had anything to do with him. Right. Um, and then again, wouldn't expand on, on what the Saudi project really was. Right, exactly. And, you know, I, I'd like to highlight too, some of the people we, I know one person I talked to, the, the Wikistrat is very compartmentalized. And I talked to somebody who was pretty important there, but it was clear that it's, there's just this hierarchy and it's just several people at the top calling the shots and everybody else. Like I said, I talked to someone who's important and they were pretty much, uh, I don't think they were pretty much in the dark about anything other than the, just the stuff on the webpage, that type of business. Uh, yeah, it's, that's something we heard from employees time and time again. Um, even, you know, like fairly senior, uh, contracted people. Wikistrad doesn't have a ton of people on the books because they, uh, you know, they kind of pick and choose their analysts and it's not, they're not really Wikistrat employees. Right. Um, so there's just a few people. And uh, from what we can tell, there's a group of three, the three founders of the company in 2009. So you have Joel Zamel, you have Daniel Green, who's kind of more of a, an IT tech kind of guy. Hmm. And then you have a former Israeli military intelligence officer, um, Elad Schaefer, who was the third founder and, from what we can tell, it's kind of these three that run the show, um, and they keep, and this even goes into uh, other Xaml companies, such as Cygroup. Um, it's a small clique of people at the top that really uh, keep the uh, important information all to themselves, and their employees really know little, um, if anything, uh, especially about clients and where the money comes from to fund these operations. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, like you said, it's, it's uh, Wikistrat is very compartmentalized, and it is these three people: Zamel, Green, and Schaffer or Schaefer, that uh, that call the shots and keep everything really, really close to the vest. Yeah, and and I also bring that up too because, like I said, I mean, uh, you know, there's a ton of uh, analysts who just are people either looking to build their resume or do a, a good day's job at a like all of us are trying to do, and so. Mm -hmm. That's what I think we all of us agreed who wrote this article that it wasn't it's not like we, we just don't we don't put everybody in the same uh, category here. There's definitely a difference at this company. Uh, totally. Yeah. All, if you look at the analysts, it's um, they boast that they've had over 5000 analysts work for them, um, which is technically true. But most analysts will do like a week or two simulation. Um, like you said, it's, it's a good thing to have on your resume. Um, if you're a subject matter expert, <laughs> was a good thing. You know, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, w I wouldn't sign up to work for Wikistrat right now, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, like you said, most analysts are just trying to do a job. They get paid a little bit, and they offer their expertise. And um, there's no indication that any analysts really have any idea what's going on inside of Wikistrat, um, and especially those three people um, at the top, the three founders. They they keep everything pretty secret and. Um, nobody really knows uh, what they're up to most of the time. Could we go through again, let, like maybe starting at, so 
the 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 communication we have between the senior employee and the other employee. Mm-hmm. Could we go through what that said and what the KSA project sort of was just for the audience again? Yeah. So the first message um, that we got um, about this Saudi project. Um, well, well, maybe it's best to put it in the words of the employee that we talked to because he was, you know, he had the firsthand knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, he told us that he was tasked by his supervisor, the senior Wikistrat executive that we talk about and write about, um, to basically create an expert list of, uh, he said, scholars, professionals, and businessmen from the Middle East, uh, particularly in Saudi, um, and people that had an interest and in, in studied Saudi politics. Um, and uh, so this mid-level person was asked by the very top to basically come up with a, a bunch of experts that knew a lot about Saudi politics um, and recruit them for this Saudi project. And that's when the senior executive said, we already recruited one person, um, and that's Khashoggi, who had been at the time already writing about Saudi um, in the Washington Post, as uh, I think most people know, um, who's also very active on social media, um, speaking out against Saudi injustice. Um, so that's the message that we got. Um, and Khashoggi was just the person that they were using as an example um, as to someone that they had already recruited. Now, another interesting point here is that um, it wasn't up to the mid-level person to find Khashoggi. In other words, the very top that we discussed, um, the top three, four or five people that keep everything really secret, they were the ones that said that they had gotten Khashoggi. So this indicates a level of seriousness um, and uh it shows that Khashoggi was a, a very high priority um, for the founders of this company. And like you said, that's the big question is right. why. Um, why Khashoggi was the one that they put on the pedestal that they had already recruited. Um, and like you said, why the Saudi, uh, Saudi Arabia project was, was tasked in the first place. Yeah, like just to reiterate again, if this was you know, some other company, company A, and this was the only thing that we ever heard that they did, I would have one opinion. But the background mm-hmm. of Joel Zamel and the Psy Group is what what makes this so concerning. It's just, you don't, like I said, you just, it, it makes it much more concerning about what was really going on here. Uh, and, yeah, and then, I mean, yeah, we, know, ahead, we, know, we know for a fact that Zamel was in cahoots with, you know, with the Saudis that ordered the murder. I mean, that's, right. it's, black and white he had multiple meetings with them in 2017 and then you know it's it's shocking to see that his company was the one that was recruiting Khashoggi uh for some unknown reason right before he died um because we know he has a very strong relationship with the with the the leaders of Saudi and the the Saudi agent that ordered the murder right so that the timeline is very important to keep in mind um and like you said um it's com- compartmentalized, so Zamel would know everything that was going on at Wikistrat at the same time that he was uh, talking to the Saudis. So I think um, as far as future, future research for us on this is just answering the question of why Zamel was interested in Khashoggi um, and who tasked him to uh, have Wikistrat basically reach out to Khashoggi and, uh, and recruit him for whatever reason. And furthermore, the other experts that we some some of the other experts that we talked to who were recruited for this project, like we said, they never heard back. And then, frankly, what another big question is: one clicked on a link, 
which mm-hmm. frankly is um, we, they never heard back. Yeah, um, that was um, something that one of our sources who works for Wikistrat uh, brought up. Um, and we're not making any claims specifically mm-hmm. with this, but he found it suspicious that all these people were sent links um, to basically sign up, which is a, a regular part of uh, recruiting analysts for Wikistrat. So um, this is a direct quote from the employee just to run down the process a little bit and why he saw this was um, out of the norm. He said, usually we give people their login info after they register. Um, and then typically they'll be invited to a simulation where their information is reviewed and then they're a part of the team and they can participate. Um, but in this case, um, there was no follow-up after these people clicked on the link and registered um, and gave some, at least some of their personal information, including email and probably phone number. Right. Um, so after that process of signing up was done, they never heard back. Um, so basically... Um, from the analysts that we talked to who were tasked to, to go on this uh, Saudi project, there really was no Saudi project for them in the end. They never did any analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, and this employee basically um, you know, sounded the alarm on that, saying he found it very strange that Wikistrat would um, tell him to you know, recruit these people and uh, send them the link and have them register. But then after that, there was nothing. Uh, there was literally nothing for them to follow up on. And we got two of the experts who were recruited for this project to go on the record with us. And they both said it was strange. It was bizarre because, mm-hmm. you know, Wikistrat reached out to them because they're experts in the area. Um, one is a professor who's been teaching for years and years and years on Saudi. Um, and I think the other was a, a journalist and instructor on Saudi. Um, and like I said, they signed up. Wikistrat reached out to them. They signed up for the project. Um, they gave, clicked on a link, gave them their info, and then that was it. Um, right. And basically the Saudi project, kind of, from what we can tell, kind of just evaporated after, um, after Khashoggi's death. Right, and, and uh, it, exactly. And it, just to be clear, too, this, it's not like this was like a job interview, like, you know, submit your information. They were basically hired or asked to participate. And then... Mm-hmm. Nothing. Uh, right. I mean, and it's important to keep in mind, they were um, they were sought out by Wikistrat. This right. wasn't like they were um, trying to apply for a job and, you know, in line with a thousand people to try and get this position. It was the company that reached out to them because they were experts on Saudi. Um, and so when there was zero follow up, that's when these uh, experts were kind of like, you know, Hey, like what, what, what actually went on here? Um, one of them described it to us as just completely bizarre. That was their word. They found it bizarre that Wikistrat would read out, reach out to them only for the project to, like I said, kind of evaporate um, soon after Khashoggi was murdered. Um, which again adds weight to the question of what the project actually was, mm. um, because if there wasn't actually some simulation that was involved here with with Saudi, then why were these experts even reached out to in the first place? Yeah. Um, so everyone involved basically found the whole situation as a out of the norm for what Ricky Strat does and be bizarre because they sent information and that was the end of it. Scott, what was the senior leader's response who initially told the other employee that, you know, Khashoggi has been recruited after Khashoggi's murder. Uh, what did he say again to that same employee? 
Right. So that employee who was tasked with reaching out to these experts um, after Khashoggi was murdered and it was, all, uh, you know, on the front page of every every paper, uh, this employee emailed that executive um, and said pretty much, you know, express shock, essentially, that um, someone that this executive had said worked for Wikistrat was now dead in, in a Saudi consulate. Um, so the, the employee, the lower level employee reached out to the executive again and said, Hey, wasn't Khashoggi part of this project? And, um, he said something like, I remember seeing his name somewhere. Um, and the same executive that told this employee just three months prior that Khashoggi was part of the team, he was part of the Saudi project. He was recruited, said no. Um, he was on a list of people we wanted to bring in, but he was never a member. Um, so right after the murder, Wikistrat began to deny any association with Khashoggi, even though we know based on uh, messages that we've seen that um, they were touting him as someone part of the team just a few months prior. So this mm -hmm. added to um, not this employee, but a different employee's uh, concerns about what was really going on. Um, and I know a few people that were on this so-called Saudi project basically mm -hmm. stopped working on it at that point because they were so spooked. Um, um, about the flip-flopping stories from the leadership of Wikistrat and, of course, the death, uh, which took a lot of people by surprise. Scott, uh, can you tell us a little bit about Wikistrat's comment when uh, we reached out to them as just for qu the questions that we're talking about on this show? What was their response? Sure. So we, like any story we run, we give uh, the subject of the story ample amount of time to answer anything. Uh, we sent them a list of seven main questions that we uh, we wanted answers to or, or comments to. Um, and they basically told us, well it, well, it started with them saying this is off the record, something that we never agreed to. I never agreed to an email. Um, no, <laughs> they said, no. this is off the record. Don't, don't print any of this. So naturally, we, we printed the entire, uh, <laughs> their entire comments for everyone to see because we didn't agree to that. Um, and I do want to say, like, normally, it's not a thing that I... If someone says off the record and I don't agree to it, I'll usually give them the benefit of the doubt. But these people uh, started the email basically by uh, trashing my, my previous reporting and saying mm -hmm. that it's ridiculous conspiracy theories and absurd allegations. Um, so there, we printed it because they added that level of arrogance. Um, but their comments were actually pretty eye-opening. Um, they confirmed that Khashoggi, who... Uh, they refer to as Jamal by his first name. Um, they said that he was one of their analysts and um, they mourned his death and were shocked by the by his horrible murder. Um, so their comments are, again, another flip-flop because, so if we're keeping track here, originally the summer of 2018, they say Khashoggi is an analyst and we've recruited him. He gets murdered three months later, and they say, no, we don't have any relationship with him. Um, he was someone we wanted to bring in, but we didn't. And then now, um, last week when I emailed with them, they say, yes, he was part of the team. Um, so they're flipping back to their original story now. Yeah. Um, and they did confirm that he, at least in their most recent comments, they say that he was one of their analysts. Um, and uh, he was within the community for a while, they say. And, um, but of course they deny any connection to the murder, any, uh, specific relationship between Wikistrat and the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. 
Um, yeah, and they ended it by basically saying that their legal counsel is going to be in touch with us <laughs> and we might have a lawsuit um, <laughs> or yeah. what. I don't know, because most of it is backed up by uh, literal messages that we print um, right. in the article. Um, but as of as of this recording, we haven't heard from their legal team yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, their their comments were were pretty eye opening um, in terms of the fact that they they now admit once again that Khashoggi was part of the team. Um, so it it just depends on what what month you're asking them. Apparently, um, based on uh, their relationship with the Khashoggi, which uh, completely muddies the waters even even further. So. Um, and it adds weight to the, the concerns that the employees had that we talked to. Right. I mean, it, like I said, the whole article is just a question. What, it really, or two questions. What was this project and mm-hmm. what was Jamal Khashoggi's role and what was the relationship between Weekly Strat and Khashoggi? If there's, like you and I both said, there could be some explanation that's, that's I don't know, plausible. So I guess that's the question. What? Why don't they just tell us? That's, yeah, and that's something we asked. We definitely asked... Um, if they could describe their relationship with Khashoggi. Um, and in responding to that, they did say that he was an analyst and uh, I don't have the exact words right in front of me at the time, but um, he was part of the community for a while. Um, and my question um, to that is basically why wasn't he on the website list of analysts? Um, why was there never one piece written by him? Um, there was n- from what we saw, and we looked at dozens of simulations based on data that we got from sources, uh, we never saw his name in any of those simulations or war games. Um, so we have serious concerns about their, their statement about Khashoggi and what they were actually doing, um, what their relationship was with him um, in, honestly, the, the days before he was killed, um, especially. We, we want to know more about um, his recruitment for this project that seemingly didn't really exist um, at the end and um, why they're changing their story so many times um, about their relationship with um, a really incredible journalist. I mean, if you yeah. go back and, and read what he was working on, he was um, he was working on a lot of projects that we touch on in the piece, uh, not to strike too far from the Wikistrat story, but he was oh. working on, um, and this was... Uh, we also did our due diligence and talked to a lot of his friends um, and his associates. And one reason why they think uh, the kingdom of Saudi was after Khashoggi so strongly and, and wanted to kidnap him and ultimately killed him was this project that he was working on that he sent $5,000 to his associate for to start. Um, and it was called the electronic bees project. And basically um, it was a project to counter um, the trolls and the bots that Khashoggi had noticed that uh, the regime in, in Saudi had had sent on Twitter um, this sort of fake news, uh, very pro-MBS um, botnet uh, network that Khashoggi had noticed that the government of Saudi was uh, pushing. So he was pushing s- sort of a counter to this um, called the Electronic Bees. Um, and this was basically just pushing back against Saudi propaganda and uh, trying to get the truth out there um, to counter these bots that the government was putting out. Um, and in speaking to his friends and associates, they think that this project was really what got under the skin um, of the Saudi leadership, um, that their propaganda was being pushed back against 
in such an organized and strong way. Um, and that person, Omar Abdulaziz, um, which is Khashoggi's, uh, one of his best friends and associates that he wired the five grand to for this project uh, to counter the propaganda, his phone was hacked um, in the weeks after Khashoggi's murder. murder. So uh, we can prove without a doubt that the government of Saudi was really interested in this project that Khashoggi was doing and um, was doing anything they could to stop it. Um, and this is uh, why we want to know who the client was for this Saudi project in Wikistrap, because we know at this time uh, the government of Saudi was uh, was really focused on Khashoggi and what he was doing with social media and, and media in general, pushing back against um, the kingdom line, the kingdom propaganda. Um, and so we want to know who this client was. Um, we know for a fact, based on uh, internal documents that uh, the Daily Beast got and we independently confirmed that 75% of Wikistrat's clients are foreign governments. Um, so, I mean, the, the, the logical conclusion is that a foreign government hired Wikistrat to do something with Khashoggi. Um, and we're still working on that aspect of it. Um, but just like I said, they're flip-flopping stories and what Khashoggi was up to. Um, and um, the the interest that the government of Saudi was showing in Khashoggi, um, it's a fairly direct line to see that um, Wikistrat was um, at least in cahoots with the Saudi leadership at the time, um, which is very important in proving that, um, you know, Zamel had a relationship with the, the people that actually ordered the murder. Um, so it's a very dark kind of bleak scene that we paint, um, but it's, very important to, to understanding what Wikistrat was actually doing and what they are continuing to do now um, in 2019. You know, lately, or at least in the past, I don't know, two years, I've, I've often found myself thinking like, just like these people in this world that I didn't really know existed, like like Joel Zamel. And I, I always come back to this question. Uh, the, <laughs> this is like the opinion part of the show. Like, what, like what, what is your problem? Like that's, I pose that mm. like if, if Joel Zamel was in front of me, like it's, there, there's plenty of, uh, there's, I'm sure a very lucrative market in private intelligence and I'm, you know, private mm-hmm. investigations. You can, you can become rich. You can do all these things. Like why do you have to interfere in an election? Why do you have to get involved with people who want to assassinate people? I mean, is it, it's not enough just to, and the guy was born rich to begin with. Uh, yeah. I yeah. I think, I mean, it's speculation, but I just think the, well, two things. I think big money corrupts people in general. Um, and if you look at one of the plans that we kind of touch on a little bit, um, Joel Zamel was talking to General Asiri, the guy who ordered the murder of Khashoggi. Um, and in one of these one of these meetings, Zamel pitched a $2 billion plan, $2 billion with a B, um, to sabotage the Iranian economy and using private intel firms like Wikistrat and Sidegroup. Um, to basically uh, eliminate threat via social media, um, economically. And this is the meeting where they brought up assassinations, um, which apparently Zamble uh, talked to his lawyer and declined to participate in any of that. Um, How brave he, yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, only after talking to his lawyer. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah right. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure um, about this. Let me make a phone call and I'll get back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, but I think money. I mean, two billion dollars—that wasn't all going to go to him, but he was going to get a good chunk of that. Um, 
and power. I think um, if you look at the relationships that Zamo had formed um, in the past few years, he had the meeting with Donald Trump Jr. in uh, in 2016, where he pitched his other company, Side Group's plan to interfere in the election by creating a bunch of bots and um, influencing social media. Um, and so I think just the connections to power, um, you look at his, uh, his Rolodex of people that he knows, it's, it's impressive. He's, he's connected to the government of the United States, of Saudi Arabia, of Israel, of the UAE. Um, so he knows all the movers and shakers in the world. Um, and I think that's part of the draw for him. Um, he's a very, very secretive person. There's like one or two pictures um, of him ever. Um, and he kind of does all of his work under the radar. Mm. Um, but as, in terms of motivation, I think it's just power, um, the thirst for power and the secondary kicker of money. Um, and, and the combination of those two things can, um, I think often skew judgment of people. And we've seen that time and time again. I'd also like to say, if you, uh, read this story, you enjoyed it and you enjoy this podcast, uh, you can support us on Patreon at Forensic News. Uh, this, you know, we, this is something that you, we put, you know, this, this is something that it, this story could have appeared in anywhere in the publications that you're used to reading. You know, this could have been mm-hmm. in the New York Times, but but it was ours. Uh, so yeah, su- and we, support us. yeah, definitely. And um, we actually learned <laughs> in the middle of our reporting that a couple other papers actually had the story and we're working on it. Um, because so many Wikistrat employees were concerned by what they saw. Um, so it, we work super hard on this and I don't know how to convey that properly to the, the listener. Um, but we, I think if you read the piece, it's almost 5,000 words long. Um, there's all kinds of business documents that we acquired exclusively. And, um, yeah, so, uh, support us if you can, patreon.com slash forensic news. Um, it's three bucks to uh, to support what we're doing at the lowest tier, and I think it's I think it's a good investment because we're we're putting a lot of time and and uh, and effort into this. Um, and yeah, uh, I, th- I think investigative journalism as a whole is is important to support, um, but especially this this really good team of people that we have. Um, and if you read the story, you can see how how well we're working together and um, kind of how we're approaching things differently. And how we stand stand apart from, like you said, the New York Times of the world who do a great job but don't necessarily print the stuff um, that we do. Um, we take a different, a, a little bit different approach in how we approach uh, writing comprehensive reports like this. Um, so yeah, so any support that anyone can lend is uh, very much appreciated. Actually, I didn't realize till this moment that multiple papers were. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't, I'm glad you didn't tell me that when we were writing this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I think I mentioned that at Slack at one I mean, point. There was, I knew there was one a lot more. going on there. <laughs> yeah, I would have been a lot more freaked out. Yeah, we got to get this done. <laughs> yeah, Scott, it's been great having you on Counterintelligence. I look forward to the next one. Thank you for listening. Follow Forensic News on Twitter at Forensic Newsnet. Counterintelligence is at Intel Pod. My personal account is Eric LeVay. Support Forensic News on Patreon. Subscribe to Counterintelligence everywhere you listen to podcasts. This is Eric LeVay, and this is Counterintelligence.